Good to have you back. Hour number two and for everybody now on the network. Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We are here in uh, in Stevens Point. Point Brewing is where we are located today. And uh, good time. It's a beautiful day today. Uh, hanging out here under the trees. Just enjoying the day. And in the beer garden. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, we're going to talk later on today. Uh, we were talking about the, the Reds and where they're at uh, versus the Brewers. And uh, I'm our, my buddy Mo Egger from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati is actually at uh, the Reds game today. Reds taking on uh, Colorado while the Brewers are going to be taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, we're going we're gonna to shoot Mo a note and uh, see if Mo can join us today, see what he thinks, if this team is for real or not, or if that – you know, like I said, uh, we were talking – earlier today and they just you know people in Cincinnati just kept saying you know catch the Brewers don't worry about anybody else it's not the Cubs it's not the Cardinals it's not it's not Pittsburgh it's simply Milwaukee and they believe it's a two-team race they have a half game lead over the Brewers now Brewers get a comeback win last night which maybe that's also uh, a little bit of a sign of life when it comes to the Brewers Um, so we're going to have Mo on uh, one hour from now and we'll talk with him about this Reds team so uh, one hour from now, we'll talk with Mo Ager down in Cincinnati. He'll be at Great American Ballpark, and we'll get his take on what's going on down there and why they have gotten so hot so quickly. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's the phone number. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us there. You can find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Uh, same thing on Twitch TV. So going to the uh, to the uh, the NFL side of things real quick, uh, Dolphins wide receiver Tariq Hill under investigation now for alleged assault at a Miami marina. Uh, per some of the reports, the incident was alleged to have happened um, at Hallover Park, a Miami beachfront area. And uh, WPLG news station uh, got a tip from a viewer who claimed Hill had a disagreement with a charter company. Uh, police reportedly visited the marina on Monday. The Dolphins confirmed they were aware of the allegations at this point. Hill in his second season with the Dolphins after the big trade from Kansas City last year. So you've got that going on. Then you've got, uh, and don't forget, Hill joined the Dolphins with some incidents in his past as well. A 2014 domestic assault uh, conviction where he pleaded guilty to punching and choking his then 20-year-old pregnant girlfriend uh, clouded his profile as he entered the NFL he was suspended from team activities and investigated by the child services after a release of a recorded conversation in which he told his fiance that she and his child should be afraid of him. While his fiance then claimed that the uh, child had said, uh, Daddy punches me. Uh, no criminal charges, but he's always had that cloud hanging over his head. Now you've got this investigation going on. In the meantime, Stefan Diggs, not happy in Buffalo and seemingly uh, talking to others in the organization that he just he wants to be a part a bigger part of the play calling wants to be a bigger part of the offense and feels that he's not he's not happy and says that uh, if he doesn't kind of get his way that he might want out of Buffalo so you've got two of the top receivers in the NFL both in the AFC East both disrupting their team right now. In the meantime, the team that everybody feels is not the best in the division but could be loaded enough with the new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, just kind of sits idly by 
and waits and sees what's happened. Because if, if Stephon Diggs, for any reason, should force his way out of Buffalo, that's it for Buffalo. Unless Buffalo gets a ton of return, that pretty much does it for uh, Josh Allen and that offense. Then that window is kind of closed on that team, which many people feel it's already closed on that team. I still think they're probably the best team in the division. But with all the turmoil they have, will they even be a competitive team? You would assume they're going to win you know, their fair share, eight, ten games. But will they be the top dog in that division? Who knows if they've got a lot of turmoil going on. Then you've got what's going on down in Miami. You've got two questions there. One, is Tua capable of coming back and having a successful season and staying upright and not suffering yet another concussion? And then two, what's going to go on with this Tariq Hill incident and how big of an offseason distraction will that end up being by the time it's all said and done? So just interesting. Rodgers leaves, goes over to the uh, the other division over in the AFC. You figure you're not going to really, you know, uh, they're not going to be the best team in that division. Could they even make the postseason? And all of a sudden everything starts to, uh, you know, via the uh, breakdown of two other franchises, starts to fall in their direction. I just find it interesting. That's all. And I know some other people that kind of um, got to, you know, reference that this morning and sending some emails about how lucky is Aaron Rodgers at this point. And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers can put him back in the postseason alone, He'll be looked at as a, relatively a success, but uh, they're really hoping that they can get he can get them back deep into the postseason. But uh, that was from to Miami and from uh, and from Buffalo. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Victor Webb Manana Manyama. Uh, by the way, I know uh, he's going to be the first round uh, pick, the first overall pick in this year's draft. Did not look good throwing out the first pitch. Uh, it was it was awful to say the very. How many? Don't these guys ever just warm up? Do I, does anybody throw before they go to the hill? You know? I mean, I've never thrown out a first pitch at a Major League Baseball game. I've thrown out a couple of first pitches at some minor league stuff and uh, some Northwood stuff. But don't people throw at all? I mean, it's one thing to try to throw a fastball for a strike. It's another thing. Just just throw it to the catcher. And Webinyama, his pitch was terrible. Terrible. He he like threw it off to the side, bounced it to the back of the screen. It was awful. Now, then again, he didn't hit the mare in Cincinnati like we've seen happen before, but he was terrible. I figure at some point somebody's going to go out and start throwing some pitches and at least warm up a little bit before you go to the hill. And then the other thing is don't go to the top of the hill if you don't have to. Just to get it there and look good doing it. It's not like you're out there striking anybody out. Just go get the ball to the home. That's it. But anyway, long story short, he ends up wailing one to the backstop. It is what it is. Uh, Bruce says, I don't believe the Brewers are going to go for it. I think they're going to try to pick up a couple of players for bargain basement deals and controllable options. That's what they do. Amy says, to become a believer, they would have to be at least 10 games over 500 and leading the division by five games. Then you would invest everything. That's what it would take for me. Because I asked the question in the last hour. I said, what would it take for you to become a big believer in the Brewers? To say where, you know, if you're Matt Arnold, you're starting to sacrifice some of the minor league system and some of the system that you've built up the way they did going back to 2019. What would it take for you as a Brewers fan to be a believer that this team can get it? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. What would it take for you to be a believer that this team would then have the ability to make a serious run. And I'm not talking about just getting into the postseason. I'm talking getting themselves to a, uh, at the very least, and 
you know, NLCS. What would it take? And uh, I just – I. It seems like a lot of people are on the fence about what they do and don't like. Um, Marv says, have to remember that the worst thing that happened to the Brewers last year was the seven-game win streak, which gave them a false sense of security to get rid of Hater. Unfortunately, the blessing and curse for this team is they're an average team playing in a below-average division. So, Marv, what would it take for then you to be a believer? Last year, I'll say this, though. The move was a bad move at the time. The move was a bad move at the time, but it hasn't hurt them in the closer's role. What it may have hurt them as far as setup goes, because you had Devin Williams setting up Josh Hader, which was one of the best back ends of of bullpen in all of baseball. But it hasn't hurt them as far as closers go. It just hurt the morale of the team because of the timing of which Major League, or not Major League Baseball, but the Brewers' front office basically said, we don't think you can do it. Uh, Jason says, too many stacked teams against the odds, in my opinion. Uh, It's hard for me not to be measured in my emotions. Um, Scott says, with the reverse splits, do the Brewers bring up uh, Kesson Hura to play some first or outfield or DH when healthy again? Uh, I think if he continues to rake, the problem with Hira is, is that every, I mean, yes, you're going to bring him up at some point, but at what point, you know, do you just cut bait too? If he comes up and fails again, let's say he comes up and fails again, right? Then what? How many times are you going to keep going to that well and saying, well, we're going to give him an opportunity only to watch him come up and ultimately fail? Because, I mean, that's been his MO. He'll hit, he'll hit like he's a career minor league hitter. He has been and may forever be. But at what point do you say, Kesson Hero might be more trade bait than anything. you got a guy that's raking down in the minors, a guy that's just hitting the hell out of the baseball. He's been a career minor leaguer, but every time he gets a shot uh, at the bigs, he ends up falling on his face. He comes up for about a week or two and hits really well and then just goes and fades away into anonymity. And maybe he would be a, uh, maybe a better trade chip to find greener pastures with another franchise to actually be sustainable there, maybe that might be the direction you go. You trade them away. 877-867-1670. Jason says, completely agree on trading Hira. Uh, Mark says, uh, no way I'm going to get rid of Kesson Hira yet. Don't give up on him. I still think he has some major league talent. Tell me where. Tell me where you would put Kesson Hira at this point. They've moved him around. I think, first of all, making him a second baseman was terrible trying to force him to play second base. He, he, he looked awful, and his, I think his defense began to affect his offense. They should have just left him alone. I know that's not the spot that, you know, they, you know, he didn't need to play outfield. They were stacked in the outfield. I understand that. But trying to make him a second baseman just was a bad move, and I think it messed with him for a while. He's playing better, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'd bring him up to play second at this point. If anything, you know, if you need just another stick, bring him up to be a bat. Maybe he comes up and gives you some pop for a couple of weeks before you have to send him back down. Uh, Kyle, so many injured, at least Williams hasn't punched a wall yet, right? I think he learned the lesson there, you know? Um, Andrew says, why cover the Keston crap? We haven't covered it at all, Andrew, so I don't know who you're listening to. This is the first time we've mentioned Keston here at all. And we did talk about the game last night. Sorry you missed out on it. Um, Lucy says, I uh, was at the game last night. 
Uh, a lot of energy in the park, but I was disappointed that the Brewers took so long to finally turn things around and start playing station-to-station baseball. Uh, it seems like the team at times just doesn't look enthused. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like they're going through the motions. Lucy, we talked about this yesterday. When you're winning, you look energized. When you're not, you're just trying to come back. Baseball's not a there, – there is a momentum in baseball. Uh, I know it's um, it's very hard to quantify, but I believe there is a momentum in baseball. You look at a team like Cincinnati who's got momentum right now. You saw the Brewers during the win streak have momentum. There is a momentum in baseball. I know they always say the old adage is you're only as good as the next day's starting pitcher, which is true. But there is a momentum in baseball, belief in baseball, and energy that you can grab in baseball. But it doesn't last. It never does. It's just too long of a season. It's it's too much of an individual individualistic type of game. It's not like you're, you know, suddenly feeling the energy of the crowd and you're running up and down the floor and you're hitting threes, you know, or you get a burst of adrenaline and you're able to bust around a, a tackle and end up sacking a quarterback or something. It's, it's, it's not that. It's such a different paced, energy-wise game. You can't capture that, and it's just – it's tough to do. I, 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 even at the ballpark, as a fan, the only time there is a consistent energy, a consistent buzz is usually postseason, where every pitch matters, every pitch counts, every pitch is anticipated. In a regular 162, eh, you know, you know you're going to go through ups and downs. You know you're going to go through innings in which nothing is going to happen. Uh, the only difference now is, is that with the pitch clock being what it is, you're going to get back to baseball much quicker. So the action is there in front of you on a faster pace, which keeps you engaged. But you're not, you know, tell me the last time you were at a regular season game, unless it was a meaningful game at the end of a season in which you needed a win to get in. But tell me the last time you were at a meaningful game where you were on your feet and the crowd was going crazy pretty consistently throughout. It just doesn't happen. You know? It just doesn't happen. 877-8670. 877-8670. Give us a shout uh, because uh, phone lines wide open talking Brewers baseball today. Um, Mick says uh, he came up in the minors as a second as a second baseman. What are you talking about? He wasn't good as a second baseman, Mick. He was never good as a second baseman. What are you talking about? He was never good as a second baseman. He was an error-plagued cat as a second baseman when they tried to force him to take over and be the starter at second. He was never – They then they tried to make him a first baseman. To me, he's been a better outfielder, more short-gloved. Never been a good second baseman. Look at his numbers. Look at his defensive numbers. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom-made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So, you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. 
Capella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Point Brewing in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and a beautiful day today. Beautiful day. And uh, for those that are watching on the live stream, uh, we've been kind of showing you. We're sitting here in the uh, in the courtyard out back. Uh, another great place to go is, by the way, the, the Rock Sports Complex down in Franklin with the Lux Golf Bays. And I had a nice, uh, nice couple of notes um, from a, uh, a friend of mine. His company uh, took a bunch of their executives – and they all went and uh, had a day on the links, so to speak, at the Lux Golf Bays down in Franklin, Wisconsin. Had a great time. He said, uh, you're right about the bar service and the food. And they get served right there. And they uh, had a couple of team, uh, you know, kind of kind of like the Packers do. You know, when the, the, the Packers do these team building exercises, that's what they did was they had a team building exercise down at Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, Wisconsin. So thanks to Lux Golf Bays for being a pro, uh, part of the program. L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's Lux Golf Bays. Dot com. Um, yeah, Marv says that uh, Kirsten here is the equivalent of Crash Davis in the movie Bull Durham. The um, you go back and you look at the fielding percentages at one point, and now Kirsten here, when they try to make him a first baseman, it just didn't fare very well. I admit that. But at one point, he actually had a better fielding percentage at first base than he did at second base, coming up as a second baseman. His fielding percentage was better overall as an outfielder. Uh, a, a good arm too. Didn't have a bad arm playing the outfield, but he was a, he had a better fielding percentage via outfield than he did at uh, at second base at one point. So yeah, he's been he's bounced around. He's not a great fielder, but if you could just get something out of the guy offensively speaking, you could always make him your DH if you had to. But but at this point again, you're just trying to find bats, you know. Uh, Rick says, being that all the teams in the Central are mediocre at best, it would take more than a bat or two for the Brewers to rise above the rest. Well, but it only takes one game to win the division, right? I, I Look, I, do I think they're going to win a World Series? No. No. But then again, the year that uh, Washington won it, I didn't think Washington was going to win it. I didn't think they had a shot. And they won it. They knocked off the Brewers to get there. And I thought the Brewers were the better team. The problem was that they just had lost a couple of players down the stretch, got some injuries, and it just uh, it ended up biting them. But, you know, again, in baseball, it's just it's it's about the role, man. You get on the role, you live on the role, you stay on the role. You do what you can. The Reds are kind of feeling it right now, but you just do what you can. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, chime in, feel free. Like I said, we're going to talk with Mo Egger um, from down in Cincinnati, from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. We'll get his take on, on the Reds because, like I mentioned earlier, the Reds fans just felt, just catch the Brewers and you're going to win the division. And I don't think we started out the season thinking the Brewers were the best team in the division. I think we all thought it was going to be the Cardinals. And then 
you know, the Brewers would be battling for second with maybe Cincinnati or the Cubs, but we never thought Pittsburgh would be there. That's kind of what we predicted. I said 80, I think 83, 84 wins at the beginning of the season, which is where I felt comfortable in picking the Brewers. I just didn't think they were going to be as strong. Um, and then possibly at the trade deadline, trading away Corbin Burns and maybe getting some type of haul for him at that point if you got a team that's got their back up against the wall and they need one big pitcher. But things just haven't, you know, for Corbin Burns, things haven't worked out the, this season so far anyway the way he's wanted it to. Obviously, there's been a lot of you know, injury to the Brewers this season. And uh, St. Louis has woefully underperformed, pitching staff-wise, more so than anything. They've got enough sticks. They've got enough firepower there to be – a really good team if they just had the pitch. If they had the Brewers pitching and they kept their sticks going to where they're at, so to speak, that would be the top team in the division easily at this point. But they just they don't have it right now. But hitting perspective-wise, they're, they're, they're doing okay. Atlanta is one of the better hitting teams in all of baseball. Tampa Bay, number two, both of those teams leading their division. Texas. Uh, Arizona, by the way, Arizona's overall team OPS is is total fifth. They're tied with the Dodgers right now. Uh, and the Angels, another team that spent a ton of money, they're just not getting the consistent pitching. Uh, and then you've got St. Louis, and St. Louis's bats, 752 OPS, ninth in all of baseball. I had mentioned earlier their batting average as a team is sitting at 250. It drops them a little bit further down the down the you know down the totem pole, so to speak. That puts them dead middle at 15th. In baseball, but you look at where the Brewers are at. I mentioned that earlier too. The Brewers, 28th in baseball when it comes to batting average, 28th, and also when you look at the OPS, they're 26th, batting 681, and and yet they're right there battling Cincinnati for the top spot in the division. Cincinnati, by the way, OPS wise, 13th in baseball, 13th, and when it comes to overall batting average, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, they're 12th in baseball. So. The Brewers' pitching's keeping them in it, and while you've got St. Louis and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, their bats are kind of keeping them in it. So usually good pitching beats good hitting. So if the pitching comes back and you get Woodruff back, Miley goes back to the form he had early on in the season, and you get Corbin Burns back on track, you you, you couple that with what you got having Freddie Peralta, you've got a hell of a staff, a hell of a rotation. That should win you a lot of games down the stretch. That should give you separation down the stretch. So that's why there's this level of optimism for the Brewers as to what they can do. 877-867-1670. Agree or disagree? Agree or disagree? Um, James, how you doing today? James just said, what's up? Haven't had a day off in a while, so James is listening to the program. Uh, Chris says, uh, you're in my neck of the woods in Stevens Point. Enjoy. Point Brewing is a gem. That's where we're at today. Uh, ESPN Steve says, maybe the Brewers can hold open batting tryouts like they did in the 80s. They invited anybody who wanted to try to make the team as a batter. Couldn't hurt, right? Couldn't hurt at this point. And you probably get a little bit of money out of it if you can actually, uh, you know, slug a few. <laughs> Scott says, uh, the real problem, I believe, is management. Uh, and I'm talking about on the field, he says. Craig Council pulls pitchers far too early and doesn't give them the opportunity to shut down ball games. Too many times this season, he's went out and gotten a pitcher after only five innings and 90 pitches, only to allow the bullpen to lose a ball game. Uh, why does he not leave them in a little bit longer? 
That's been an argument for a while now um, because in the second half of the season, you like the guys for every inning you can save on a pitcher. I, again, it's not that I completely agree with the philosophy. It's I understand it. You know, I, I told this story a long time ago that when Ken Maka was the manager, there were things that would just drive me nuts about Ken Maka. And I'd go on the air and I'd talk about it. And then I would see him at the ballpark and Ken would say, okay, let's talk. And I would sit down and I'd talk to Ken Maka, and I understood where he was coming from when he sat down and broke down the strategy he he worked with. I didn't, I still didn't agree with it, but I understood where he was coming from because it at least made sense. Okay, Council believes, and and Sabermetrics believe. First of all, the third time through a lineup makes you more susceptible to giving up home runs and giving up hits. And more runs, just overall. So that's one of the reasons. The next reason is that if they can save an inning or two per outing via pitcher, that will give them an inning or two more in the second half of the season when you need them the most in some of those big games. So if they save an inning or two here or there in a start, maybe in that next game in August when they need to go, instead of going five or six, they can go seven. That way you're not getting into the middle portion of your bullpen. They're able to do it because they saved some of those innings early on, if that makes sense. You know, the old thought is you only have so many pitches and so many innings in you uh, total that you don't want to waste them. You don't want to do it just to do it. So if you can get to a few points where you can save some of these innings and save some of these pitches, you can utilize them more so when you need them down the stretch when you're fighting for the top spot in the division or you're fighting for a division lead or jockeying for position via postseason. I don't get it. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. I understand it. Kyle says the more a pitcher throws, the stronger he should get in the course of a season. Correct. Correct. So, but, you, you know, you also, they also believe physi- physiologically that you get to a certain point where fatigue begins to create deterioration, and then you can also end up with injuries that way. So I and again I think it's way 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 overmanaged um, in today's game. I mean you talk about and again they were phenomenal pitchers, but go back to a guy like a Warren Spahn. Go back to a guy in more recent times like a Nolan Ryan. And I know Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens juice. So I don't think you can use him as a great example. But you look at some of the pitchers. Look at a Greg Maddox. Maddox didn't throw hard, but he painted the corners, got some calls. But he would throw full games. Smoltz was the same way. You know they used those guys. They got stronger as the season went on. You know, Glavin the same way back when, you know, the Atlanta Braves had an incredible pitching staff, you know. So I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not I'm – in, I'm in the group that says let them go. If you've got a really solid game going, let them go. I agree early in the season, first month or two, you know. Eh, you don't want to burn a guy up. But when, once you hit late June, July, let them go. It doesn't mean you have to throw 140 pitches or 130 pitches. But you can at least let them get into the seventh inning, you know. 877-867-1670. Coming up after the top of the hour, don't forget, we're going to check in with our buddy Mo Egger down in Cincinnati. We'll get the update as to what he believes the Reds actually are as they are now the top team in the National League Central. And the Brewers trying to catch Cincinnati. Cincinnati has simply just been on fire, for lack of a better term. 
Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get his perspective as the, the division goes. This portion of the program is brought to you by our friends at the Sunset Grill on uh, Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee, right there on Pewaukee Lake. Boy, if you just follow them on Facebook, the picture, pictures look spectacular. The outdoor patio, the outdoor seating near the beach, the, the boat docks are open over on Pewaukee Lake. And not to mention, throw in the, by the way, they got really terrific food, a ton of televisions, music on the weekends. A lot of good stuff going on at the Sunset Grill, and they continue to improve. They continue to expand. They continue to get better. Stop If you haven't checked them out in a while, stop by and check them out. That Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake on Prospect Avenue. Tell them we sent you. More of the Bill Michael Show live up here at Point Brewing in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. We'll be back right after. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get up. Get out. Get over here. Go. It's the Grand Slam giveaway at Potawatomi. This June, play with your club card and you'll have four chances to hit big and slide into home with a share of the show-stopping $400,000 in cash and prizes. 50 winners each Thursday. Step up and knock your luck out of the park. Only at Potawatomi Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com slash Grand Slam. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. continuously operating track in the world is right here in our own backyard and that's great lakes dragway in union grove wisconsin season passes on sale if you have the need for speed last week you could have taken dad there and had a great weekend and they've had they have something planned almost every weekend maybe you want to run your own car our own motorcycle down there call them 262-302-2138 262-302-2138 that's great lakes dragway down in union grove wisconsin go to greatlakesdragway.com that's greatlakesdragway.com um here's something to think about and this i had said that i thought the cardinals would still be i guess a viable team to make a run at the division let's just say they're not okay because you've got a a, a surplus of teams that have spent money that are stacked uh, that have been disappointments so far, you know, uh, and the Cardinals are one of them. Coming off the 93-win season last year in a National League Central title and a returning mix of veterans like Goldschmidt and Arenado, uh, you take some of the young talents like Walker and uh, Newtbar and Gorman. Uh, all the, the Cardinals were supposed to win the division, and it just hasn't gone that way. So as they say, as our, we wind our way towards July, St. Louis is a winning is winning in a clip of just four eleven, and if that holds up, it's going to be one of the franchise's worst full season winning percentages since nineteen eighteen. Uncommon, you know, uh, times basically for the Cardinals, and all of this now raises the possibility that the president of baseball operations, um, uh, John Mosliak. Maybe he becomes a seller. Maybe the Cardinals start to pack it in. So you've got some candidates. Like, you know, you got the lefty starter, Jordan Montgomery, the righty starter, Jack Flaherty, uh, the reliever, Jordan Hicks, Chris Stratton, franchise le- legend Adam Wainwright. Could he possibly – I technically this is his walk year. But I don't think the Cardinals are going to put him in another team's uniform for the first time in his major league career. You know, I, I just – I don't see that happening. 
Uh, but some others, they could get rid of Paul DeJong, who's a, a top-notch fielder. He's got a little bit of pop. He's got club options for the next couple of years. DeJong could be a guy. And they're not likely to exercise those regardless uh, of maybe who's employing him after August 1st. There's Tyler O'Neill. Uh, and he's on the 60-day IL with a lower back issue, but he could be coming on the outside looking in when the Cardinals, you know, have a crowded when healthy outfield. Uh, he could end up coming back. For the first time, the Yankees have been rumored as the possible fit for a guy like O'Neal, uh, and they may want to jump in on that. Um, you know, they got some other possibilities uh, there that uh, if they feel they would undertake a deeper reset that uh, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, both of whom, can man multiple premium positions and provide some significant fielding value. Uh, the closer, Ryan Helsley, assuming he's clear from some of the forearm troubles, that he might be a guy that could be on the out as well. But the Cardinals, could the Cardinals become sellers rather than the buyers if they stay where they're at? When you think about it, now, you know, they're not going to get rid of Goldschmidt at any time sooner or Arnato. And they just picked up Contreras in the offseason. But there's, there's some other guys they may be willing to part with. Now, here's the other question. Would they then part with them in the division? Most likely not. So as much as you can talk about the Cardinals uh, possibly wanting to become sellers, and there's certainly some attractive names there, there's no way the Cardinals are going to put those guys in the division to let, you, to let them come back and beat them in the following years. It just I can't imagine that. For any stretch, you know, for for any stretch, even if it's just this season, I just can't imagine it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. The good news is, um, they are not. Uh, they are not going to uh, trade to Cincinnati either. So if Cincinnati's going to get better, it's going to be outside of the division for the teams that are starting to look 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 to move. But there there's a there's a lot of. A lot of undercurrents right now for teams that could start to, as you're starting to look through the standings and you're thinking to yourself, boy, some of these teams that were supposed to be just juggernauts, but you know, take a team like the Mets. The Mets with the $344 million payroll. The Mets were supposed to be a team that was going to be running away with the division, and they're not doing it. Could the Red Sox, 11 games back, become sellers, which the Brewers have had some dealings with them before? Uh, not a lot in the stable in Kansas City. They're going through the rebuild themselves, but maybe the White Sox. You know, maybe the Tigers. Could the Tigers, Tigers are only four games back. Would either the White Sox or the Tigers begin to concede at that point? I mean, in a very lackluster central. Could you see, say, a team like Seattle, who the Brewers have had some dealings with in the past? Or I don't think Houston sitting five and a half games back becomes a seller because they're six games over 500 at this point. What a t- Maybe a team like the Nationals. Uh, I don't think you're going to deal a lot within your own, or in, your own uh, in the National League, but – you know the Mets are th- the Mets with three hundred and forty-four million dollar payroll right now are sitting thirteen games back. Basically, it's over. Their season's over. Washington's season's over. Uh, Colorado's season's over. Uh, the Brewers have dealt a little bit with Colorado in the past as well, but th- their seasons are over. The eight now the A's they're going through. You know they've scaled that thing back to basically a minor league team, and the A's still do not have twenty wins on the season. Sitting at 19 and 56, 27 games back, and in the run differential column. Now I know we don't put a ton of stock in the run differential on the consistent, but in the run differential column, they are negative 204. Negative 204. Think about that. That's they're just awful, awful. 
You look at a team like Colorado, they're negative 101. Everybody else in the West is positive, by the way. Everybody else in the West. Diamondbacks plus 31, uh, Giants plus 52, Dodgers plus 44, San Diego plus 20, Colorado negative 101. Where everybody in the American League East is on the positive side, and it's really weird because everybody in the American League East is above 500. The Red Sox are 11 games back. Their season's kind of hanging in the balance over the next couple of weeks, and they're 39 and 35. They're four games over 500. They've won six in a row. They're plus 30 in, in run differential. Everybody in the American League East is plus. But Tampa Bay is 51 wins on the season, four games ahead of Baltimore, nine and a half games. And the Yankees are also same type of thing where they're going to look to bolster themselves. You know they're going to try to get better. They're going to try to eke into the postseason in some way, shape, or form because you could very well get uh, the couple of wild cards coming out of the American League East. Baltimore is five games better than them. Baltimore's hanging in there, 45-27. and 45-27 and 27 Baltimore with one of the lower payrolls in all of baseball. So, for you know, again, it goes back to as much money as you spend in the offseason and as much as you and I, and I, I, I'm in the same boat with you as we scream about the monetary situation in baseball. You look at a lot of these teams that are winning, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Minnesota, Texas, all lower payrolls, man. All lower payrolls. It's incredible. Uh, again, uh, Mo Egger from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati going to join us coming up after the top of the hour. We'll talk about some NL Central baseball when we come back after the top, so stay tuned for that. Um, the uh, Merlin says, incredible, the A's don't even have 20 wins after sweeping the Brewers. Wow. Yeah, right? They're just a bad baseball team. Mike says, maybe the Cardinals aren't doing as well because of the balanced schedule. They can't feast on the weak Central division. But wouldn't you say the same thing about Cincinnati or Milwaukee? Right? I mean, some years you just don't have it. I mean, everybody pretty much plays the same schedule for the most part. But that's about it. Jake says Kansas City, two premium bullpen arms. Yeah, that's about it. You, if you're looking for bullpen, then you could probably dip into that and, and, and deal with Kansas City. Um, but right now, I think what is more of a premium, the bullpen arm or bats? Maybe one of each, but I'd probably think at this point in time, you're probably looking for a bat. Probably looking for an additional bat. 877-867-1670. Phone lines wide open today. Wide open. Good to hear from everybody, though, via email and on the live stream and over on uh, Twitter because Twitter's been active today. Good stuff. Tom says the Meet the Brewers new managers, plug the info into the computer, let it spit out what to do, and you're all set. Uh, they do use. They do use uh, a lot of, uh, of analytics. I, no, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. I, um, I, I get it. But every team does. Every manager uses analytics now. It's just part of the game. I mean, even you go back to the day like Lou Pinella when he was managing in, uh, in, in Chicago. Joe Madden, when they won the World Series, was using analytics. Now, he was also using a lot of other stuff, but they were using analytics big time. That's one of the reasons Ross was hired as the uh, the manager because not only was Ross a good catcher, but Ross was involved heavily with the analytics back when the Cubs were winning a World Series. You know, analytics has become, you know, analytics um, and then um, launch angles and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it starts – they have 
uh, batting clinics and batting cages and stuff here in the state of Wisconsin that will rate your bat speed, your uh, exit velocity, and your launch angle for kids. It's that deep now. It's not just Major League Baseball anymore. There's places that have it. I mean, it's the same. It's kind of the same thing that you go to when you go to a, like a Lux Golf. When you look up on the screen and you can see what your launch angle is, you can see what the what the speed is coming off the club. You can see what your club head speed is swinging through the ball. All of that stuff. All of that's become incredibly popular now. So it's not just in Major League Baseball, but it's everywhere. Brewers wrapping up the homestand today, and uh, Brewers are, uh, you know, um, Cincinnati right now in the Central where, you know, the Brewers just trying to keep pace, just trying to keep pace at this point. Brewers playing some good baseball as of late, but uh, the game on the other night was not great. But today they can win the series, and as long as you're winning series, you're going to have a legitimate shot at winning winning your division. That's what the Brewers need to do. Need a big one today. Get over the, sh- get over the hump today. Just stay pace. And at some point, remember, uh, Cincinnati's going to lose. They're not going to win out the rest of the year. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends over at J&L Tire and Service, they're in Johnson Creek and in Watertown. And uh, on Boulder Road in Watertown on uh, I-94 and Highway 26 in Johnson Creek, just above 94, as a matter of fact, you can see them from the highway. But whether it's uh, just an oil change in a minivan or you're getting uh, the new tires and brakes on your big rig, whatever it happens to be, they have facilities for both. 18-wheelers down to the four-wheelers. Whatever you're cruising around in, they can help you out. That's J&L Tire and Service Center. Wanted to say thank you for voting them the best tire dealer as well. Go to jnltire.com, jnltire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show live up here at Point Brewery in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. We'll be back. right. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So, you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Thanks to our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They are on uh, in Stonebank, Wisconsin. Really Oconomowoc, but uh, County Road K. They have a beautiful new outside patio that uh, they kind of put together at the end of last year. They got a bar outside now, some televisions outside, the big smokers outside. But also they have a food truck. They cater. So if you're looking for a, a really good place to cater whatever event it is you have, this might be the way to go. That's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Uh, in on Stone in Stonebank, Wisconsin, but really there in Oconomowoc, and also 
They're going to be uh, one of the food providers, uh, the food truck providers for the end of the motorcycle ride coming up this year, Sunday, September 3rd. And uh, that's going to be uh, ending at Steel Tank Brewery in Oconomowoc. And uh, Boondocks is going to be on site out there. But, again, if you uh, are a rider or know somebody who is, um, but get a group together and come and join us for the 16th annual poker run coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. It's Labor Day weekend. You don't have to work on Monday, which is awesome. And you can start out down at the Harley-Davidson Museum if you go and pre-register. There's also some half-price tickets to go through the museum that you can use. Uh, in addition to that, you get pre-registered for a lot of the great prizes that we're giving away, including a trip for two to go to Chicago with us to see the uh, Packers uh, unveil their new season, a new look, so to speak, uh, against the Bears. So we're going to have a couple of tickets for you to go to Soldier Field, a couple of, uh, an overnight hotel stay at the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk, and really, really looking forward to, to that uh, as well. But a lot of great pre-registration prizes. But, again, simply go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run, and you can get pre-registered and see all the information right there. And thanks to Boondocks, thanks to uh, Steel Tank Brewing, and everybody, Bud Light, Water Doctors, Pottawatomie Hotel, Casino, everybody that's become a sponsor over the years and helped us uh, support uh, the military members, veterans, and their families in Fisher House, Wisconsin. Okay, coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to go to Cincinnati, talk to Mo Egger with ESPN Radio down there. We'll get his take on uh, the red-hot Cincinnati Reds uh, on De La Cruz and his entry into the bigs and, and his thoughts when it comes to buyers, sellers, and the National League Central. And uh, we'll see what he thinks of this Milwaukee Brewers team along the way. So we'll get into that. Coming up after the top of the hour, two hours down, two hours yet to go. We are broadcasting live. We are here at Point Brewing, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and enjoying ourselves on a picture-perfect day. Picture-perfect day today here outside the brewery. Great stuff. Just enjoying it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up here in the beer garden. We got more. Mo Egger next, right after this.